The views, opinions, and content of the show hosts and their guests appearing on America's Web Radio are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of the station. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. You're listening to America's Web Radio. It's time now for the Doctor's Lounge Show with Dr. Scott Barber. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to another episode of... The Doctor's Lounge. I'm Dr. Scott Barber, and you're listening to me on America's Web Radio. It's great to be here today. i got a really big show for you guys. And today we're going to talk about my admonition to all of you, which is to always do your own research. And I know there's been a big push in the last few years where the elitists that run our lives are telling us, don't do your own research, it's dangerous. I'm going to show you a clip that proves that, and it's an utterly ridiculous point of view. It's also, sadly, my my duty to inform you that doing your own research is going to be mo- become more and more difficult in the future. We've seen that the elitists changed the definitions of things. We saw that as uh, Joe Biden slipped into recession, that they changed the definition of recession so that when you looked it up, uh, they wouldn't be able to uh, – we wouldn't be able to claim that – Joe Biden's economic policies had sent us into recession, even though it was obvious that they did. We've talked about uh, the techniques used on this show for the last several weeks about, or I guess even the last several years, talking about how the elitists try to control our language, our thought processes, and our behaviors by using these terms like best practices or experts. They use terms like misinformation or hate speech in order to censor the speech that they don't like and to end debate. This cancellation to avoid, uh, to prevent people from exercising their free rights. We just saw the horrific decision by the courts in Colorado to remove Trump from the ballot, the primary ballot for insurrection, which he was never charged or I guess never convicted with. Uh, this is an utter, uh, utterly ridiculous situation. And as we always talk on this show, my purpose for doing this podcast uh, and for sharing information is because I want to promote free market health care because a one-size-fits-all socialized government-run health care program doesn't provide care, it denies care. And I've demonstrated that week after week for several years now. And I want to show you just how out of control the elitists have gotten and just how much danger we are actually in at this moment. Now, we saw our lives absolutely turned upside down and controlled over the past three years following the COVID pandemic. We saw people in power continuously lie to us about information, prevent us from talking about potential treatment options. We saw people being canceled for mentioning things like hydroxychloroquine and, and um, um, blanking on the other one, ivermectin, yeah, which were treatments uh, that were effective against COVID. People were being canceled and had their medical licenses threatened for for recommending it. Pharmacists were 
prevent, were disallowing doctors from writing prescriptions for it, which is not in their purview or power. And then we've seen, and I've, I've played it on this show many times. I'll play it on, uh, for you guys many more times that they have now admitted that, uh, both hydroxychloroquine and, 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 um, ivermectin are effective treatments for COVID. Now, <clears throat> the elitists that are trying to run the show tried to use COVID. They didn't try. They very effectively used COVID to uh, take control of the entire world, to control elections around the world, to uh, affect the outcome of our past presidential election and others, in my humble opinion. But uh, when they are unable to use the medical system, they're going to try to use climate change to control us. And at the end of the day, the United States Constitution is the greatest document securing human individual rights that has ever been written. And at the top of the list that our founding fathers, who were flawed individuals, but also great men, providing to their posterity the greatest form of government in the history of the world and a form of government that we are in serious danger of losing if people don't start getting involved, at the top of that list of the Bill of Rights was freedom of speech. And as a young person uh, growing up in this country, primarily in the 70s and 80s, I took for granted that I lived in a free country, that all of my rights were protected. And it seemed to me that it would always be this way. And I have seen the George Orwell book, 1984, play out uh in in shockingly horrifying accurate detail uh, in my later life and uh I got to tell you I'm quite concerned right now and so my goal on this show is sort of connect dots for you and get everybody to be thinking independently understand just how important it is uh to maintain your own healthcare freedom because from your own healthcare freedom comes your overall freedom and it's in grave danger right now so <clears throat> Uh, we have these, um, these elitists that are intent on using climate change as a foil for controlling us and taking away our freedoms. And I want you to hear, this is a Dutch uh, political commentator, uh, Eva Vlandingerbroek. I apologize uh, if I'm saying that wrong. Her, her, her Twitter handle is, uh, or I guess her X handle is at Ava Vlar. That's at E-V-A-V-L-A-A-R. Uh, this is her conversation on the World Economic, uh, the World Economic Forum's plan to impose personal carbon allowance connected to digital ID under the guise of tackling the imaginary climate crisis. Listen to what she has to say. The digital identity is not just a passport that you will have on an, on your iPhone in a digital form. It entails just about everything the government would like to know about you. And yesterday in the Dutch media, we saw a perfect example of what it could entail in the near future. We had the CEO of one of the largest Dutch banks say, 
Why don't we start with a personal carbon credit? Oh. A carbon wallet, she called it, actually. Yeah. So right in line with the plans that the World Economic Forum people have for us. And she said it in a way that was particularly funny. She said, well, if everyone gets an individual personal carbon credit, why don't we make it so that rich people who, for example, want to go on holiday a little too often uh-huh. can buy personal carbon credit from other people who, for example, can't afford buying plane tickets or eating meat too often so we can that way swap it out oh so so if if bill gates uh, or leonardo dicaprio's carbon footprint is getting a bit too big uh then some peasant living in his hovel up country somewhere can sell his uh and he can't afford to go to saint tropez but he'll be able to sell his carbon allowance to Leonardo DiCaprio so Leonardo can park his yacht in San Tropez for a couple of extra days. Exactly right. That's it. So what will happen is the the rich will get richer, the poor will get poorer, and they're saying it openly as if it's not a controversial Mm. thing at all. Mm. It's neo-feudalism. That's what it is. So So you can see there that uh, they're trying to use this idea of climate crisis to uh, put controls on our lives, to prevent freedom of movement, to prevent our freedoms in general. And we saw this in horrifying detail in Canada during the COVID lockdowns. We saw the truckers that were trying to drive up to the Capitol uh, there in Canada so that they could protest. And Justin Trudeau, the tyrant who's uh, in charge up there, uh, got the banks to seize all of their bank uh, um, control of their banks so they couldn't get any money. And uh, this is the the danger of having these um, digital currencies that they're making such a big push on it. Now, just to so- show you what a bunch of clowns these environmentalists are, let's listen to this environmentalist who wants to end plastic. And and look how her brain gets locked up when she gets a little dose of reality. Listen to this. And all plastic manufacturing. I said the plastics industry must be stopped. So does that mean end plastic manufacturing? I mean, in my dream world, sure. Congressional hearing here. Oh, so oh what, God. So I, I, and I don't mean to be condescending here. I just point out what's going to replace your glasses. Um, like, so I do you wear know. Your glasses around your face. They're, they're made of plastic. Maybe. No, I don't know what they're made out of. They are. What, so, what about, and I'll just point out some things here because I just want to be realistic when we're having conversations because when statements are made like this, I just want to open people's eyes and say, well, what, okay, that's easy to say, but what's the solution? Your water bottle in front of you. This one? Yes. That plastic? No. The lid is. That's plastic. Right. So right. It, I would it, say it, to your helping. question that I would first be concerned about single-use plastics, and then we can talk your, about alternatives your, to this. Your, your cell phone there. The plastic? The cases. But it's glass because I broke oh, the components the inside of it not yesterday. plastic? The components made out of it's not plastic? They are. The water that you filled that water bottle up with. Um, where'd you fill that water bottle up out of? A water filling station. All right. And it was delivered by a drink station that was plastic? 
I didn't check. The edges are. The piping coming to it. Now, you have a couple of choices with the piping. Um, we could go back to using wood, but then you have to have blind it and chemical. Uh, or we could go back and use lead, because we used to have water piping that was lead. That was harmful to us. Uh, we'd go back to galvanized, but galvanized rust and had discoloration. Um, we go back to copper, but but copper has to be mined, and everybody wants to stop mining in the U.S. So you use plastic to deliver piping that you fill that water bottle up with today. I, I point this out because the clothes you have on, I guarantee you have plastic in it. The shoes you have on your feet, the soles of those shoes are plastic. So we talk about any any manufacturer, plastic manufacturing, and everybody in here cheers when you say that. But everybody here is depending on plastic as you set. So if you want to end it, then quit using it. It's kind of like I don't shop it or shop at certain places right now because I don't agree with some of their policies. I choose not to do that. You can choose to not use plastic. Do your work. If, if 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 you believe it, then live it that way. So that was and, that was not then. That was Senator Mullins doing a takedown of environmentalist uh, activist at a congressional hearing. And you know what we're trying to demonstrate here is these clowns. That and by the way, when you look at this young woman, this environmentalist, she looks like she's under thirty. I mean, she's still a child. Uh, it doesn't look like she's old enough to have had children yet. She hasn't lived any life experience. And somehow these young people always get into politics. I've seen this when I go up to Capitol Hill to uh, talk about health care reforms all the time. These kids get into positions of power. Sadly, our congressmen and senators who are literally up there just spending time figuring out how to stay elected. And, and it appears more and more to me that they are getting influenced by massive a corporation, big donors to, to vote the way that they vote, which is against uh, the citizens of this country and sadly against themselves and their own children. But for some reason, they continue to do it. And these young people, they get into these political offices where they support the congressmen and senators and they make the policy of this world that we live in. And it's just so insane. And you can see why they have to ban your free speech, why they have to censor you by saying that you're spreading hate speech or you're spreading misinformation or you're you're uh, not an expert and not capable of talking about something. Uh, you can see why they have to do this because when they engage in open debate, the, the, the ridiculousness of their points of view, uh, cannot be avoided. And you can see that rational people will be swayed to behave in, in ways that don't damage their own self-interest, which the left is constantly doing. They get involved in healthcare. They destroy healthcare. They get involved in education. They completely get destroyed. Our education system is completely destroyed. And the problem with this leftist theoretical academic world and, and, and the why reason professors and these people are so problematic is they don't live in the real world where they have to suffer the discipline of failure. You know, you get Gavin Newsom up there who's just doing about as horrible a job as anybody could ever do managing a state. And yet he's one of the top candidates to be running for president when Joe Biden finally, finally falls out, which, of course, everybody on the planet knows there's no way he's going to make it uh, for the next six years. So um, in order to further demonstrate 
my point. I want you to listen to Tom Massey grilling John Kerry on climate change. I know I've played this one before, but it's important for you guys to really connect the dots on just what a clown show these people are. And, you know, if I could get one thing accomplished in my lifetime, it's to just get people to drop this climate scam. It's such a ridiculous uh, situation. And I just can't believe that they've been able to propagate this climate fear my whole life. And the thing that really blows my mind, when I was young, it was Ice Age. Then as I got a little older, it was global warming. And then they changed it to climate change. It was just so stupid. Which literally is just saying, hey, whatever happens, it's 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 because of man-made global warming or whatever, man-made carbon. Anyway, listen to John Kerry getting shredded. What's the consensus on parts per million of uh, CO2 in the atmosphere? About 406, 406 today. Okay, 406. Are you aware? 350 being the level that scientists have said is dangerous. Okay, are you aware? 350 is dangerous. Wow. Are you aware that since mammals have walked the planet, the average has been over a thousand parts per million? Yeah, but we weren't walking the planet. It's, um, let me just share with you that we now know that definitively at no point during the least the past 800,000 years, has atmospheric CO2 been as high as it is today? The reason you chose 800,000 years ago is because for 200 million years before that, it was greater than the, than it is today. And I'm going to say for the record. Yeah, but there weren't human beings. I mean, there was a different world, folks. We didn't have 7 oh, billion people. So how did it get to 2,000 parts per million if we humans weren't here? Because there were all kinds of geologic events happening on Earth which spewed Did up geology and- stop when we got on the planet? Mr. Chairman, this is just not a serious conversation. Your your testimony is not serious. I agree. You you, You see, that one to me is such a great clip because it demonstrates several things. The first thing is John Kerry is just wholly incapable of having a debate on the substance, right? Because global warming is just the dumbest thing ever. Uh, There's so many different things that I've played uh, that show how ridiculous it is on the face of it. And yet the whole world is being controlled by this stuff. Academic institutions um, until um, until Elon Musk, who I, I still he's done some good things, but I'm still a little concerned about where he's coming from. And I don't love everything he says. And for that record, X is not totally free yet. It's clear that uh, I'm still being uh, shadow banned on this uh, platform. Although you are a label allowed to play things like uh, these clips that discredit global warming, which until Elon took over, you were un- unable to do. And the leftist elitists were sort of running roughshod. Uh, just uh, spewing out this climate change joke stuff all the time. And now we can at least post things like this that discredit it. And um, what you see here is John Kerry's unable to defend the position. He gets exasperated and, and says, well, this just isn't a serious conversation. Uh, and so, again, the point I'm trying to make is in order for them to be able to push their narratives, they have to be able to censor people. And the tools that they use are you're not an expert. Uh, you're spewing hate speech. You're spreading misinformation, always, of course, judged by them. Um, and, it, you know, you can see where it's not just climate change. It's any narrative they want to push. When the COVID uh, crisis came out, 
you had people out there making their own observations, observations, things like the virus. When you look at the data, as I was doing as an expert, uh, I was reviewing the data myself and it became clear to me early on in early 2020 that the virus was primarily dangerous to people who were older and uh, had comorbid conditions and that young people for a variety of different reasons, uh, which are scientific, uh, did not seem to be totally susceptible uh, to the, to it, that it didn't seem to pose much of a danger to them. And so we brought up uh, ideas like, well, maybe if the disease isn't very dangerous to them, maybe we ought not to uh, give them uh, this new experimental vaccine which, by the way, the biology of how the vaccine might have caused problems was not super complicated. And I think I've explained it on this show a number of times. But, you know, you have these lipid nanoparticles, OK, which are these basically little mini cells that are surrounded by a lipid membrane, just like a cell is. And inside they put this mRNA and mRNA is the material that copies our DNA and then goes out to a cell and grabs onto a, a ribosome and spits out a protein. And in this particular case, you're injecting these lipid man, nanoparticles that contained mRNA for the spike protein, which then, uh, so this mRNA was injected, these lipid nanoparticles went in, they went to all of our healthy cells, including heart and our reproductive cells and all the rest, and it injected this mRNA into these healthy cells. The mRNA then went to the ribosomes of those cells where they were copied into the spike protein. And that spike protein was then transported to the membrane of these health, healthy cells. And the spike protein then stimulated our immune system to attack. Now, that's not hard. That's like high school biology right there. That's not even medical school stuff. And it was the very first thing I thought of when I was like, well, why would I even want this? Like, I, I don't know about it. And here's the other question I had. Have we ever done mRNA vaccines before? No, no, we haven't. So as a doctor and just, you know, as a normal, regular person, it's like, wow, you've never tried this before. What is it called? It's called a parachute. Oh, how does it work? Oh, you jump out of this plane and it opens up and then you land softly to the earth. Has anybody ever used it? No. Uh, I don't think I want to be the first. I don't know if I'm ready to do that. I would like to have you work out the kinks, like how big does it have to be? What material does it have to be? Does the thing reliably open? How do you pack it? I mean, there's a lot of things to learn before you get this thing down, you know? And so they started pushing this vaccine, and I was just perplexed. Like, why? The kids are not in danger, and the vaccine is new. Why is it just this gun to my head uh, of, um, of, uh, you know, get the vaccine or else. Now, I remember talking to you guys dur uh, during this show, and I've brought it up several times about my college roommate during uh, somewhere in the middle of the pandemic calling me up and saying, Hey man, what's going on? I need, I need your information. And my friend is, you know, he's, I would call him a liberal. I don't know if he would consider himself a liberal, but he is. He's he's a lefty. And uh he says, "Scott, tell me what's going on with this whole pandemic thing." And I was like, I I was like, "Well, you want the full story or any, you know, he's like, oh, "I don't want you to spend 2 hours doing it, but just give it to me." So I started from the top. The uh the Royal College of London came out with this 3.4% mortality, which was obviously not true to any scientific person who knows how to calculate that. I mean, it was just grossly not true. And of course, 
they changed once they got everybody panicked and they got the lockdowns implemented. They went and they changed the mortality rate more down to like a normal flu. Uh, you know, they came out and said hydroxychloroquine was dangerous in the Lancet and the New England Journal of Medicine. And then they retracted it. You know, I told them that I looked at the data and the it was obvious that the people who were really at risk from the early covid virus were older people with comorbid conditions. I was specifically looking at all the data myself from Italy and South Korea, and it was very painfully clear. Um, the data was coming out more and more and more showing that kids were about as safe as you could possibly be. And, you know, when we would have this conversation, we get to the end and I'd, I'd say, listen, man, you know who I am. You know, I'm not a psycho. You know, I'm not a, you know, I'm not a crazy person and I'm not a zealot of any kind. I'm just regular dude trying to, you know, go to work and take care of my family and, you know, get a vacation, all that kind of stuff. And he said, yeah, I hear what you're saying and I know what you mean. And everything you say sounds like it's making sense. But what you're asking me to believe is that the whole world is involved in a conspiracy. And I just said, well, you know, I don't know. I don't know what to think about it, but. I'm telling you, it is what it is. So I've showed you that the Lancet, which was uh, the top medical journal on planet Earth. So it's something that has uh, a good reputation. Well, not anymore. I mean, none of them do. They're all they're all a joke. And when I say they're all a joke, what I mean is they you know, it used to be that you would say to yourself, well, peer review. What does peer review mean? Peer review means that. You get quality people that get together that really understand what's going on. They review the information and they make sure that it's solid. That was what we called peer review. And so when something was in a peer review journal, what you're saying is that the data and the methodology of the study was looked at closely by impartial experts. And, 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 and so we can take it to the bank that this is a reasonable study. And that's not the case. Right. That is not the case. These studies that were published in the New England Journal of Medicine and the Lancet suggesting that hydroxychloroquine uh, uh, was not only ineffective against covid, but that it was dangerous was just a flat out lie. I mean, I'm just telling you, there's no way that these uh, and when I say flat out lie, what I mean is they had no data. You know, that I, I don't want to go into it with the whole they, this company called Surgisphere that just came into uh, being after Trump suggested hydroxychloroquine might work. There was no data. So when pressed, because when the when the studies were published in the journals, people like me, doctors like me were looking at it and just the, the sheer the nature of it, the amount of data that they had, the way they were doing it, it just didn't sound legit. And so people like me were you know, saying, I want to see the data. And they're like, eh, we don't have the data. And so they just retracted it two weeks after publication. And so that is what we call QED, quad S demonstratum. I've just showed you these journals are not trustworthy. I'm not saying don't look at it. You look at everything because nothing is a hundred percent, but what is the title of the show? Always do your own research. I don't trust anything. And I don't care if it's in the new England journal of medicine, the Lancet, it might be good. There might be good information there, but it might be a flat out lie. And that's all I'm asking you guys to do is just use your own judgment and also understand with the world we live in, it is going to be getting more and more difficult to be able to make your own judgments because with AI, they can, you know, soon make videos of any person you want saying anything they want. And so it's going to be hard to know if it was even true. And the world, the, the, the elites are changing language, changing history. 
you know, Trump in the January 6th insurrection, you know, won't be long. It's like in the history books. Trump was a racist. They put that down as a fact. And then when you use AI for things, it's going to go to the database and it's going to say January 6th was an insurrection and Trump is a, you know, is a criminal, you know, and it's and a racist and it's going to be a fact. And because of the natural laziness of people, people won't do their own research and they're just going to go, hey, chat GBT, uh, spit out whatever it is I want to know. And as a result, more and more power will be seated. Let me tell you something about what happens when you shut off your brain. And this is a good point that needs to be made. When I was young, I used to uh, have to, meaning when I was a young doctor, they didn't have all this uh, electronic medical records and things like that. We used to do handwritten charts and things like that. And in the end, there's a lot of flaws with handwritten charts. You know, doctors don't write legibly, things like that. But one of the positive things about doing handwritten stuff is you always had to think. So whenever I finished a surgery, I would sit down and I would have to write the post-operative orders of the patient. And it made me think about my patient. What are the issues? What are the things that matter? You know, and when we do our orders, you know, we have to do everything from diagnosis and fluids and their diet, how to manage their dressings and their medications and, you know, what there are their unique situations of, you know, non-weight bearing and checking the wound and, uh, you know, all the different things, you know, how much oxygen they need, things like that. And you thought through it. And now the global elites forced through these electronic medical records, which had nothing to do with improving patient care. It was about exercising control over healthcare with a centralized database. And here we are 30 something years later and electronic medical records still suck. Any doctor will tell you that when you read electronic medical records, you're not getting any information about the patient. It's all, it's all because of the nature of the way they do these clicks and the way the government influences you. You have to include certain things in the notes. All doctors, not me, but all other doctors, I shouldn't say that. Many doctors are influenced to perform the note the way the system wants you to do the note. And as a result, the truth about what's happening to the patient gets lost. And I, I got to admit that as much as I try to avoid that, it probably happens to me as well, even though I don't typically use electronic medical records in the way they want me to. I still use a language and uh, I digress a bit for those of you who don't understand medical records, but the electronic medical record system is just another cog in this wheel of the government elites trying to exercise power over us. Now, <clears throat> we know that the Lancet retracted the studies and they, the media will not talk about it at all, but there's more and more information coming out that these vaccines were not only ineffective, but they were dangerous. And I want to just play a little bit of this because I know many of you probably haven't heard any of this because the media goes radio silent on it and they're always trying to cancel people who share this. Here's Dr. McCullough. Uh, and I got this off of the Vigilant Fox on Twitter, or I guess on X. And I want you to hear Dr. McCullough on 600,000 Americans have died uh, with the vaccine. Chet, listen to what he has to say. If you toggle over to domestic cases, just U.S. cases, the CDC is acknowledging about 18,000 Americans have died with the vaccine. 18,000. And these are ones where the CDC waits for the death certificate. We know they died. You know, everything matches, and it gets a permanent VAERS number. Of those, Jimmy, 
1,100 die on the same day they take the shot. 1,100. So the CDC's got 1,100 cases where they took the shots and they basically died. And at this point in time, the CDC is saying, nope, it's not the shot. Yeah. yeah. Um, what a terrible coincidence. It's really quite a coincidence. I yeah. think that, and Dr. McCullough, I believe that the CDC even states that that the VAERS numbers is like 40 times underreported. Am I right when I say that? Right. So in FDA testimony, the underreporting number has been anchored at 30. In the peer review literature, it's at 40. Now, other vaccines, earlier days, they said 100, but that's too high. Uh, I'm going with 30. So if we're at 30 times 18, you know, we're just under 600,000 Americans that have died with the vaccine. The yeah, did you just hear what he said? Did you guys just hear what he Sorry, man. I, I, I'm doing this thing from my phone, and for some reason there's a delay there, and it's killing me. But someday this show's going to get big, and then we'll have uh, good tech, and, and that'll be better. But you'll bear with me for now. But what he's saying there is he's attributing 600,000 American deaths to the vaccine. Now, we have to go through the data, and like I said, I don't trust anyone or anything just because of their title, but... I do understand patterns, and here's kind of the thing. Dr. McCullough is no right-wing zealot. He probably was a left-wing guy. I think I've heard that in the past before the pandemic, and he was, uh, I want to say he was like Yale-educated uh, cardiologist. I know he's one of the most, if not the most, published cardiologists around, and so he's got he's got street cred with me. The guy's been around. He's treated for a long time. And he cites peer-reviewed literature, okay? Did you hear him? He's citing the CDC. That's not him just, like, making stuff up. But, of course, do we ever engage Dr. McCullough and have an intelligent conversation? Because I sure want to know, right? If you're th- if he's making an assertion, this guy who is an expert and is making a statement, I want to know what he has to say. But what do they ever let us hear the debate? No, they just cancel him. They take away his credentials and they, the media just shuns him. And that's why he's always having to go on alternative media because the mainstream legacy media doesn't want you to hear what he has to say. And so because of that, I say to myself, well, maybe there's something to it because if what he was saying was truly un, un it was truly false, just let us examine it under the daylight and we'd be able to prove it just like John Kerry trying to push his climate change scam. You get Tom Massey up there. Well, let me just ask a few questions. And before long, it's like, oh, John Kerry's like a total clown and he can't support his claims. Well, the same thing would happen to McCullough if it was untrue, but that doesn't happen. And so as a critical thinker that I am, it's like, well, maybe there's something he has to say. Let's listen to Ed Dowd, who's been crunching the numbers on Dr. Drew discussing vaccine deaths. Let's hear what he has to say. of the U.S. specifically because we have the best data in terms of disabilities and whatnot. And uh, using the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics coupled with excess mortality. And uh, we put together a vaccine damage report. It's our best stab at uh, estimating the human cost, which is the, the, the devastating cost, and then the economic cost, two separate things. And um, from our analysis, the human cost from the mRNA vaccines and if it's not the vaccines, it's something else. So we're assuming vaccines. If it's not, it needs to be investigated. Uh, just full stop. Um, 
300,000 excess deaths in 21 and 22 from the vaccine. Now, we think that's conservative. Um, disabilities, we put out 1.36 million cumulative. And injuries uh, is a new number we came up with. We came at it from the uh, Pfizer clinical trials, the data there, the two months of the uh, blinded study, plus what we're seeing in the uh, absence data and the uh, work time loss data. We came up with 26.6 million vaccine injured, which we're saying chronically sick and missing work. And so that's a total of about 30 million Americans, about 10% of the population. Um, that's actually puts with what we saw in the adverse reactions in the clinical trials. So this is this is not too far off that number. So what you're seeing there is is uh, is uh, Ed Dowd is just crunching numbers. Okay, this is just statistics. So what he's saying is that about three hundred thousand uh, Americans uh, deaths from the vaccine, and he says if it's not the vaccine, it's something else. Okay, but what other major incident could have happened uh, during that time? I mean, if you're making a hypothesis, you're going with the vaccine. And, and the question is, uh, all right, he's making an assertion there. Let's examine it. But do we do that? Are we out in the open? Is the media giving them a platform? No, they cancel. They discredit. They say they're spreading misinformation, hate speech and all this stuff. And that is like, why are you guys doing that? And listen, as a doctor, I can just tell you they've already admitted stuff that, you know, we've seen Dr. Walensky say that what the vaccine can do, no longer do is prevent transmission. You know, we've seen them admit that there are complications. I'm going to uh, play you that in a, in a minute. Um, now, here we've got Dr. Drew talking about 50% of the vaccinated had permanent heart damage. Let's listen to what he has to say here. This is talking to Megan Kelly on his show. Now we thought people are like, well, a smile, a smile, it's no big deal, it's, it's self-limited, blah, blah. Look, in my world, throughout my entire career, 40-year career, myocarditis is a medical emergency. It's a dire problem. A publication just came out five days ago in circulation, a major cardiac cardiology journal, an excellent study, and it showed, it took my breath away. I didn't know why it wasn't headline news. It's a large study, and it showed that about approximately half of the young males that got myocarditis had permanent heart damage. Yeah. Permanent. That means that we don't know what percentage are going to be disabled by this as they get older, are going to develop heart failure, or are going to need cardiac transplants, some of them. Oh it's breathtaking, this study, and why it wasn't a big headline. I've sort of sent it around a little bit because I, I, I don't understand why people aren't reacting to it. So any 27-year-old male, the illness is a nothing. So the risk is, so the vaccine is all risk. Why the push? Why are we pushing? And I think put your legal head on for a second, that universities are going to be in big trouble for having mandated young people to get that vaccine. Because mm -hmm. people are going to get sick, and they're going to have long-term consequences, and they should sue those schools for having forced them to take the take a I agree medical intervention. 100% they should sue. And if anybody tries to force you from this point forward, get a fake card. It's not that hard. Go out, Google it. Get a fake well, card. And, and, and again, Don't comply. We have a good treatment. We have Paxlovid. Why? And you, people I'm, have all I'm kinds of saying, feelings. I'm just saying, you have to say you've gotten the shot to get yep, in. Right. Get a fake one. Just Google Google it on the internet is bullshit. And they're going to create these bullshit rules. You can create your bullshit way around them. It's all just like a theater. So let's, okay, let's act. I'll act like I've gotten my 50th booster, and you can act like you're satisfied I'm telling you the truth. Okay, so 
So there he says, that's pure, he's, he's citing science, okay? This is information that is in peer-reviewed journals, 50% with permanent uh, myocardial damage with vaccine-associated myocarditis. Um, you know, I got to find this clip. I saw this uh, post on social media of a hospital somewhere. I can't remember if it was Canada or here, but the hospital commercial is trying to make it sound like we've always been dealing with childhood uh, heart attacks and myocarditis and all this kind of stuff as if to act as if we've always dealt with this. And, um, you know, it's it's just utterly ridiculous. This is obviously a new phenomenon. Again, the vaccine is very highly implicated in this problem. And the people in power won't let us talk about it. And anybody who does talk about it is at risk of being canceled and, and eliminated from society. Now, um, I have two clips. And the one clip I want to play is kind of too long, so I'm not going to play it um, by um, uh, Kirsch. I'm forgetting his first name, <clears throat> but he's got a great substack. stack, uh, Steve Kirsch. Uh, his substack, he, he's got, and maybe I will play this someday, but I'll play the shorter version. But this is just a clip that puts together all of the media and all of the elitists and all the people trying to cajole, convince, threaten, uh, you know, just force everybody to get vaccinated, which in and of itself is just weird. Like, why was there this huge, weird uh, situation. It's funny, too. You remember hearing Dr. Drew say, gosh, it's this uh, study that shows 50% of kids that took the vaccine are having uh, permanent uh, myocardial damage. Uh, you know, why is this not headline news? I think we all know why it's headline news. We talk or why it's not headline news, right? We talk about it on this show uh, all the time. But um, there's this little clip here that that puts together, and the title is, uh, the most important short clip of the decade, beautifully illustrating our descent into pharma, World Economic Forum ter- uh, tyranny, a must-share piece of shocking evil history, pure lies, pure fraud, pure evil. Let's listen to this. Uh, it's a little bit long, but it's worth uh, worth your time, and it's going to be uh, able to set the stage so I can talk more about why we always need to do our own research. When the chips are down, these uh, these civilized people, they'll eat each other. You are the unvaccinated. You are the problem. It is the unvaccinated CNN. who are the problem, period, end of story. The only people that you can CNN. blame. The only people you can blame. This isn't shaming. This is the truth. Maybe they should be shamed. Are the unvaccinated. It's time for the start. Blaming the unvaccinated CNN. folks, not the regular folks. Anyone you came into contact with will blame you, as will the rest of us who have done the right thing by getting vaccinated. MSNBC. Frankly, we know that we can't trust the unvaccinated. It's time to get our moral house in order, Anderson. It's the unvaccinated who are the threat. All those vaccinated folks are going to start wearing masks to protect the unvaccinated folks. It's called a Christian value. You're basically punishing the vaccinated uh, for the the sins of the unvaccinated. People are not behaving honorably. 
verbally. The unvaccinated are basically saying, well, it's open season for me. I can do whatever I want as well. The, the unvaccinated are basically beating their breasts and running around the country saying, ah, we don't care. We're living free and so forth. We've been patient. But our patience is wearing thin. The unvaccinated, a group that includes children and people acting like children. And the rest of us are starting to get pissed off. The vaccinated feel the unvaccinated are making me upset or angry. This is not about freedom or personal choice. Well, my freedom is Arnold. being kind of disturbed here. No, screw your freedom. Screw your the day freedom. Howard Stern weighed in with a much different approach. Take a look. <laughs> when are we going to stop putting up with the idiots in this? country and just say you now it's mandatory to get vaccinated their freedom but you're treading on our freedom and you're making other people sick and really you're killing other people the anti-vaxxers they seem to have a thing for death and home remedies the anti-maskers turned anti-vaxxers are not just putting their own lives at risk if that was the issue we could just say that we can watch them compete to win place or show in the Darwin Awards. We have to start doing things for the greater good of society and not for idiots who think that they can do their own research. And don't get me started on the lunatics who won't take any of the COVID vaccines. Life is too short to be an ass. Life is way too short to be ignorant of the promise of something that is helping people worldwide. Maybe you're doing it because um, you're, you're disconnected or disorganized. Maybe you have some sympathetic psychological reasons reasons but maybe you're just being antisocial oh you can't shame them you can't call them stupid you can't call them silly guys. yes they are those who are not vaccinated will end up paying the price the unvaccinated should be taxed uh they should pay more for health care we need to start looking at the choice to remain unvaccinated the same as we look at driving while intoxicated we're gonna see and i've said almost two types of america dr fauci said that if hospitals get any more overcrowded they're gonna have to make some very tough choices choices about who gets an ICU bed. That choice doesn't seem so tough to me. Vaccinated person having a heart attack? Yes, come right on in. We'll take care of you. Unvaccinated guy who gobbled horse goo? Rest in peace, Wheezy. Pointing back to the unvaccinated who are really creating a problem in this country, every death that we are seeing from COVID could have been prevented. Literally, the only people dying are the unvaccinated. And for those of you spreading misinformation, shame on you. Shame on you. I don't know how some of you sleep at night. I mean, you got, I mean, that is just really powerful. And listen, the one that I'm going to play you someday uh, by Steve Kirsch is longer than that and even more powerful. But you, I, I, I think there's a couple of important observations there. First of all, anybody who watches like MSNBC and CNN right now, I, I just don't get it. Like they lie to you about everything all the time. And it's so easy to do it. It's like you don't want to know the truth. And if you're just the you know, a casual observer, you look at them for one, t- one show and it's just like they literally, it's not even spin. It's flat out lies. And what is this? You know, it's unbelievable to me how the left talks about, uh, you know, you know, instigating violence or talking about violence. They do it all the time. You know, it's like, Oh, you don't get the vaccine. You're denied health care. You know, and yet they're the ones who are always out there pushing for socialized medicine. Oh, everybody deserves health care. Well, what is it? Are we all in? Do we all deserve health care as a right or only if you do what these clowns do? And the thing that makes me so angry and just so perplexed is they were wrong about everything. Where's my apology? Where's my? Oh, okay. well, let's not do that. Nothing. And here's another one. You know, 
I think it was a pretty famous comment by Arnold Schwarzenegger. He's like, screw your freedom. You got to get the vaccine. I was watching the Netflix show uh, on Arnold on, in his life. And, you know, Arnold's life is quite amazing. And he's uh, uh, got a lot of great qualities. But did you know his dad was an actual Nazi soldier? That actually makes a whole lot of sense to me. Yeah, he uh, according to the Netflix show on Arnold, he didn't have a great relationship with his dad, I guess. Uh, but his dad, he, you know, he talks about it in the show. His dad came back from World War II, a Nazi soldier and was kind of bitter and beaten down and all that kind of stuff. And and uh, anyway, uh, it seems to me that at least some of Arnold's dad's uh, philosophy and worldview uh, got into Arnold because screw your freedom is not something I ever want to hear from anybody and especially not these utter dolts and clowns. Okay. So, um, I want to go to something where, um, <clears throat> you know, now that it's passed, now that things are happening. Oh, here we go. So after the whole pandemic, after the, all of that, uh, attack by the left, all these left-wing networks, news outlets, all these powerful people. And by the way, a lot of Republicans were on there too, okay? So that the one thing COVID really did for me too was really demonstrate the uniparty. But uh, let's hear uh, what's going on now from the CDC after everything has passed and we're starting to see all these problems with vaccine and we're starting to see that the vaccines didn't work. Let's hear about this. And we are just getting word of this now regarding the COVID vaccine. The CDC is now saying that there has been enough cases of people who have had the vaccine, received the vaccine, and then suffered a stroke. The agency will now be investigating any potential links between the shots and the strokes in some of those patients. And we are just getting wait, 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 wait a second. Wait a second. This is a Fox News report from 2023 uh, reporting that the CDC is now going to investigate the relationship between vaccine shots and clots and strokes. Wait, wait, what? You just told me the vaccine works, that I'm a terrorist. Basically, if I don't get the vaccine, we had every clown on MSNBC and CNN telling us how evil we were. We had late night talk show hosts making fun and basically saying, I hope you die. Uh, we saw, I, I don't even know these people. That's why I can't say their names. I wish I could drop their names. You might know them. Uh, but, you know, these late night talk show hosts, you saw them like making fun of ivermectin and I play it all the time, how now they've admitted, yes, ivermectin is an effective treatment uh, for, um, for COVID. And so I'm just trying to connect dots for you guys. These people tell you that we have to have a one-size-fits-all, top-down, government-run healthcare system and uh, that, you know, everything they say we have to do. And then I'm showing you how they're not very good at their job. They don't do a good job at looking at safety and efficacy as evidenced by the fact that they said that masks were safe and effective and worked. They didn't. They said the vaccines were safe and effective and worked. They weren't. They used every tactic in their book to use political power and governmental power and bureaucracy power to force us to do things that we didn't want to do. And uh, as far as my friend Bud always talking about, I understand what you're trying to say, but you're asking me to believe that the entire world – 
is involved in a conspiracy. Well, let's listen to the Moderna CEO, Stephanie Bansell. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that name right, but Stephanie Bansell, Moderna CEO back in 20, uh, uh, I'm sorry, at the World Economic Forum in 2020, um, talking about her knowledge of the pandemic back in 2019. So this is 2019, sorry. With uh, uh, let's talk about vaccine development because we've heard how it happened obviously with COVID-19 starting from 2022 and how extraordinary the process was also in terms of the speed. How is development, adoption and scaling of vaccine going on when it comes for different variants and sub-variants? Because this is one of the big concerns as, we, as we're all here now and we're discussing, we, we understand the context and this is a great deal. Sure. Well, good morning and thank you for having me on the panel. Um, so the great news versus 2020, where we are today, is we have manufacturing capacity. As Seth knows, when the pandemic happened, Moderna had made 100,000 doses in 2019 for the whole year. And I remember walking after that was into the office of my head of manufacturing and I said, how we make a billion doses next year? And you look at me a bit funny, say, what? Uh, say, yeah, we need to make a billion dollars next year. There's going to be a pandemic. Well, that's kind of weird. Like uh, uh, Moderna had made 100,000 doses in 2019 for the whole year of the COVID vaccine. Like, how did they know how to make the COVID vaccine before we had COVID? And I remember walking after Davos into my office. This is what the guy said. Uh, and I talked to my head of manufacturing and said, how will we make a billion doses next year? And he looked at me a bit funny and said, what? I said, yeah, we need to make a billion doses next year because there's going to be a pandemic. So my friend Bud talking to me, you're asking me to believe the entire world is involved in a conspiracy. I mean, that's actually kind of becoming more like, yeah, that's that, that the, these political, uh, global cabal of elites where the, the group that goes to Davos that continuously flies in on their private jets to go to these meetings while telling the rest of us that we're not allowed to uh, leave our cities and we're not allowed to use uh, fossil fuels of any kind. And, you know, we have to do what they say. They go to these uh, plush places on their private jets uh, and and meet to talk about things. And here we had the uh, World Economic Forum. They're talking about um, – the fact that they had COVID vaccine ready to go in 2019 for the pandemic that they knew was coming in 2020. So uh, just to give you some more stuff, here's Jack Pozobic. I know I played this before, but I really want to connect the dots. This is called Project Fear. Massive WhatsApp leak reveals the British government plotting the COVID tyranny. This is uh, Jack Pozobic uh, talking about the WhatsApp leak. Listen to this. One of the messages even stated when they would deploy the new COVID variant. Why do we want to deploy this? They're calling them the lockdown files. These messages were sent between ministers, officials, and others showing how the government used scare tactics to force compliance of the citizens and push through lockdowns. And another message, Simon Case, the cabinet secretary, said that the fear and guilt factor was vital in ramping up the messages during the third national lockdown. That was January 2021. Prior to that, and again, this is from the Telegraph, Matt Hancock, the then health secretary, appeared to suggest in one message that a new strain of COVID had recently emerged that would be, and I'm quoting here, the new strain would be helpful by scaring the populace into compliance. 
This has all been exposed. So the these are these are WhatsApp leaks notes uh, from British government officials that show that they were using the COVID pandemic to assert control over people. And I mean, it's happening. And you guys got to understand medicine is a tool for them to control the population. And it's about uh, political power and, and money and control. And the World Health Organization that is run by this guy, Tedros Gabrazi, is an Ethiopian handpicked guy by communist China uh, to exert control over the world. And they're trying to come out with the unelected globalist who World Health Organization rolling out global digital health certification network. Uh, they want to have vaccine passports. Uh, they want to have your vaccine passport connected to your digital ID, uh, ID and your central banking digital currency and social credit score. This is really scary stuff, people, and we're right on the precipice. You better wake up and vote. Listen to this. The COVID-19 pandemic highlighted the value of digital health this solutions facilitating health access guy. to health services. While the emergency phase of the COVID-19 pandemic is now over, investments in digital infrastructure remain an important resource for health systems and for economies and societies at large. Like many countries, the European Union made significant investments in COVID-19 certificates to help people move around as safely as possible during the pandemic. The European Union certification system was used by all 27 EU member states and more than 50 other countries. Building on the success of the EU system, WHO is proud today to launch the Global Digital Health Certification Network. So thank you so much to European uh, Union for the excellent certification system that you have transferred to us and we have the chance to build on it. WHO will begin operations of the network today with the existing COVID-19 certificate as a global public good. Soon after, we will expand this infrastructure by incorporating other use, such as a digitized international certificate of vaccination, routine immunization cards, and international patient summaries. So what you're, what you're seeing here is it's like a boa constrictor. You got this cabal of global elites that's trying to control the world population and they're using every tool at their disposal. And the World Health Organization is a major component of that. And that's why we need to maintain our healthcare freedom. The European Union was part of that boa constrictor. And that's why we had the Brexit where British people wanted to get out of under the thumb of uh, global elites that were controlling their country that they weren't able to vote out of office. And that was the reason for Brexit. And the people who have political power want to maintain this system of government that's not accountable to the people. The United States is the biggest problem because our Constitution, our Bill of Rights, is the biggest impediment to the these global uh, elites exerting control and world domination and medicine is a major component of that. I need everybody to wake up, everybody vote, and remember, always do your own research. All right, that's the end of the show today. I hope everybody enjoyed that. I'll be back next time. I didn't get to half the stuff I had to get to, but I'll get to it in the future. 
You guys are listening to the Doctor's Lounge on America's Web Radio. Have a great week, and I will see you next time. The views, opinions, and content of the show hosts and their guests appearing on America's Web Radio are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of the station. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.